Hi, and welcome to I'm Smiling, You Just Can't See It. I'm your host, Amy Krewalt. I'm an autistic parent. And what that means is that I'm autistic, and my children are autistic. So that's what I do all day. Um, I went through my entire life until I was 42, not knowing that I was autistic. So that was kind of a fun surprise. Um, it wasn't until my children had been diagnosed that I found out about my own diagnosis. So it's been a fun journey. And I genuinely mean that I'm not being sarcastic. It has been a fun journey. Um, and, um, I wanted to share a bit about, about that because when, um, when one of my children was diagnosed, there was a lot of overwhelm. Um, the first diagnosis that we had for my daughter, uh, she's seven now and her diagnosis was when she was two and a half. And there was just so much overwhelming information and all of this tragedy narrative that goes along with it. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a lot to go through and it was a lot to sort through. And I thought, you know, if I could just save anybody some time and some headaches, I'd like to do that. Um, that's why I thought I, I would do this podcast. Now I'm not a speaker by any means. I'm a writer and I prefer to write. Uh, but, and I spent a lot of time writing uh, material to do here for this podcast, but uh, I started to read it out and it was like, oh, this is a terrible audiobook version of what I'm trying to say. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to just open my mouth and just see what happens, which is always a gamble because it's like a train, you know, just kind of shoots out of my mouth and goes off the rails and you never know what's going to happen every time I open my mouth. But, you know, it could be fun, it could be exciting, it could be terrifying and um, a little bit surprising for everybody, but why not? Just why not? If you want to read what I have to write, there's plenty of stuff out there. Plenty. I've written a ton of stuff. But this is just more me um, just talking. Just talking and just sort of giving a little bit of my genuine thoughts. And um, you can just hear what I have to say and, and take what you need from it. And... Uh, you know, when I, again, when I had my daughter's diagnosis, it was just so much. And I really could have used somebody to help me through it. So if you're dealing with that right now, then consider this your support. Um, because we all need that. We really do. I was fortunate that about a year later, when my daughter's twin brother, my son, um, was diagnosed, uh, because he's totally different than my daughter, so I had no idea that's what autism looked like. Um, when he was diagnosed, I found the most incredible psychologist who became a guide for me and really changed my life. 
And he really was the support that I needed to help me figure out everything, sort through all of the information that was just being thrown at me. For both of my children, I had twins who were autistic, and they were so different, so drastically different. They still are, they are seven now, and they just have totally different needs. And um, it was so much to deal with. And then this doctor, he was just the most incredible, wonderful, supportive human being, and really just a, a guide through this journey. And um, without that, I don't think I would have kept my sanity. I really don't. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm sane right now, but you know, I would have been a lot worse off. So um, I, if I can just save anybody some time, and um, I just want to pass along what I was given. I just want to give back. So I hope that some of this information that I'm sharing can be helpful. And and honestly, I just kind of like talking about my kids because they're fun. I just love my children. And I have a different perspective. When I say that I, you know, am an autistic parent, there's a lot of us online that kind of know what that means. It's different than uh, the so-called autism moms, you know, trademark. And I'm not judging. But there is a difference. Um, and then there's... Uh, there's also, you know, activists who are also in a different position. There's those of us who are autistic parents who are sort of in a weird place. We're sort of stuck in the middle. Uh, we have our own needs. We have our children's needs. And we feel very lost, I think, a lot of the time. Um, and it's a, it's a difficult position to be in. And what's worse is we just don't really... It's not a, it's not a close knit community. There's a lot of division within the autistic community. So I'm not going to talk a lot about that because I don't want to get on that tangent. You know, I want to keep this a positive kind of place. So, um, but it is, you know, it can be very isolating. So I see you if you're out there listening. I see, I see your, your struggles and your isolation and your, uh, confusion, because it, it can be. There's just, um, it's just a lot being thrown at you, and it's hard. When Alice was diagnosed, my daughter, one of the things that was so um, difficult was, you know, everyone was just, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, your daughter's autistic. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> Why? Um, and I was at that point in my life, I was still, I didn't know I was my autistic myself. So I just thought, okay, well, I guess this, this is the whole thing. And, and you get all this information, there's the autism speaks thing where they're like, oh, you got to grieve the child you thought you had and you wanted and all this stuff. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> come on, come on, people. Like, this was the child I wanted. I didn't want a child who was anything but what I have. If you want a child who's a, a what, like a perfect little 
robot human thing? I mean, then I don't know. You're, you're living in a dreamland. We, we all have different needs and different, um, we're human. For God's sake, what, what is going on? Why, why is this thing where if we have a diagnosis, which, you know, okay, has its own problems, that word, but why does that make something, something you feel sorry about? She's, yes, she's my child and she's autistic and she's different and she has different needs and she has challenges. And as a parent, the thing that's most challenging about that is everyone else, not her. Oh, everyone needs to just calm down and just stop this, this whole you know, oh, she's got to do this. She's got to do that. Oh, make her stop doing the lining up the toys. Make her stop doing this. Make her stop yelling because she's happy. Make her stop flapping her hands. She's, you know, make her make eye contact. No. Hey, you know what? Everybody just stop. Just stop. Just leave her alone. How about that? How about you just let her be Alice? As long as she's not doing anything to hurt herself or anyone else, just leave her alone. And that's how I feel about it. And, um, you know, it took me a while to get there, to be honest, because we are so ingrained in our society. We have it so ingrained in our society of like, everybody has to be normal. Everybody has to be on a fall off the assembly line and uh, be a cookie cutter, be, be part of the crowd, right? But I wouldn't change my child or want to change her or ask her to be anything other than who she is for anything in the world because she's just incredible. She's just an amazing, wonderful human being. And um, you just, you won't find another person who will teach you more about life more about being happy than Alice. So, um, but it took me a while to get there. So that's, that's a lot of what these episodes will be about. And, and when her brother was diagnosed, it was totally different because that was a shock for me because I thought, oh, well, we definitely got some ADHD here, you know, because he's like, okay, he can't like finish what he's doing without, you know, doing something else. And I was sure that that was going to be the diagnosis and maybe like, you know, oppositional defiant. I don't know. And, uh, no, this was, this is what autism is. And I was so shocked, but, um, by that point, okay. I'd been, it had been almost a year since Alice was diagnosed and then Frankie. And I remember the psychologist was so, um, sensitive to me and um, because I was, he knew I was adamantly uh, opposed to the idea that he could be autistic because I had it in my head what autism was. And he said, as we were, as he was telling me what the diagnosis was, he said, um, now I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen a lot of kids who are like Frankie and Frankie's a real curveball, and I've seen a lot of curveballs. And by that point, I'd had about four different parent interviews as part of the uh, evaluation. 
And I'd had a chance to like kind of understand what I was about to hear. And so I said to him, no, I, I get it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Just tell me. And so he did. And I wasn't upset because I had come to a totally different place. And the only thing I wanted to know was I, th- I asked him, okay, well, but why do I have two of my three children are autistic? Is there some reason for that? <laughs> I'm thinking about this now, like, oh boy, I was, I was really clueless, but uh, that was 2019 and I'm, it's 2023 now and I am a totally different person, I feel like. But um we I uh kind of manhandled him into being my therapist for a, a couple of years and really what he did was parent coach me. Uh and he helped me deal with all the aspects of being a a parent to two autistic children and my baby at the time I was raising as well. And, um, and navigating all of that. I don't know what I would have done without him because, you know, even though I think we have such different views at this point, he has a more traditional view in psychology and I'm become what's probably considered a radical extremist because, you know, God forbid, I just don't want to change my children. But I think at the, at our core level, we both were, were parents who love our children. And I hope that that applies to everybody listening to this. And if it does, then you're listening to the right person and to the right podcast, because at the end of the day, that's all I care about. I don't care how, how anybody goes about it. Um, and, uh, so that was, you know, that, that, and that's my, this is kind of a tribute to that man because he really helped me. But Frankie, um, Frankie was uh, revolutionized my idea of what autism is because, you know, Alice is, yeah, she's autistic. Very, you know, what you think about when you think of somebody who's autistic, or at least, you know, when you don't know enough about it and you kind of, it's a, you know, the stereotypical, um, the stereotypical signs. Frankie doesn't have a lot of the stereotypical signs. So that was really eye-opening for me. And then I was like, but Frankie's just like me. How, how can he be autistic? And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I think I'm autistic too. And so then after about a year, of this therapy. Um, and I was also writing a memoir at the same time and going through and kind of reviewing my childhood with the psychologist and the writing group and everything else. And, um, after about a year of this, I was going through talking about how I process information and why I had been struggling in school as a child. And, and the psychologist said, Oh, um, yeah, I think that sounds like autism actually. And by that point, I was so excited. I was so excited that I pumped my fist up into the air. And I said, yes, (laughs) yes, I knew that. I knew that. I was just waiting for you to hear it, you to get there. So, um, so that was me being an arrogant fool, but, um, it was a very exciting moment for me. And I, 
because there was a lot of people asked me later, like, oh, well, what difference does it make now? You know, in your 40s, what does it, what does it matter now? No, it made all the difference for me because there was so much of my life that didn't make sense until that moment. All the times that I felt like I was a failure, all the times that I felt like I didn't fit in, that I had struggled and I didn't know why, I finally had an answer. It wasn't because there was anything wrong with me. It's because I didn't have the right support. So it all made sense. And so that is the gift that an appropriate diagnosis gave me. And it's not to say that there's not plenty of other stuff wrong with me because there is, but that right there just answered so much and gave me so much peace. And it was part of um, an unmasking. We talk about in the autistic community, we talk about unmasking and, you know, especially at 42, I felt like, well, am I, have I been masking my whole life? Cause you, you know, we talk about um, compensating and how that's like, you're trying to be neurotypical and fit in. So you're wearing a mask and sort of, um, you know, play acting your whole life, just trying to be normal. And I felt like I hadn't been doing that. I was analyzing it. And I was like, well, have I really been doing it? And then I was looking at the memoir that I had written and my childhood and my young adult and all of this and all of this depression that I had been through and anxiety and realized all of these years that I had been studying other people, trying to understand what it means to be a person. And then I realized, no, I, I've been doing that. I just, you, it becomes so, well, normal <laughs> to you that you just, you don't know what you're doing. You just, it just, but it's exhausting. So that was also the biggest part of it was I wasn't tired because I was like, oh, I can just be me. I can just be me. And it was a journey then also. I'm, it's um, almost three years later now of just sort of finding myself and being okay with being myself. And it's been amazing because I could actually smile I could actually smile and feel that genuine smile. And I could go back in the pictures and the photo albums of my childhood and all through my life. And I could be like, Oh, nope, I was not smiling there. I was, you know, you could see the smile, but there was not, I was not really smiling. So this is sort of like a unmasking thing here. Um, talk, uh, about how, how I unraveled and became myself. And it's very, it is vulnerable and it's scary, but it's also just the most liberating and freeing and comfortable thing in the world to just feel like, Oh, okay. I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to be, try to be something I'm not. I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to keep trying so much all the time. And that just felt so good. And consequently, I did smile. And so once COVID started up, I would go to my sessions with the psychologist and 
you know, I'd have the mask on, the, you know, the actual cloth mask. And I'd be, you know, rambling like I am now. And I'd say, uh, oh, I'm smiling. You just can't see it because I'd have the mask on. And <laughs> there was one time when he was like, you know, like a couple sessions later or something, and he said something. And then um, he said, he pointed to his face and he said, I'm smiling. You just can't see it. <laughs> and um, so I'm, this whole thing is just an inside joke and you're all in on it now. So um, anyway, so any, I'm an autistic parent and I'm not perfect at all, but um, a few weeks ago I was, I, I told my son Frankie about the podcast that I was going to be doing this. And I said, I, I want to do this. And, um, I want to talk about you a little bit. Is that okay? Cause he's seven. And of all three of my children, he's really the only one who can, I think, understand that. Um, Charlie, my youngest, he's still, he's four, you know, almost five, but he's, I don't know. He's still like, not really, it doesn't make any sense to him. And Alice is, um, I think I, this, I would say that she is cognitively, delayed. She is not intellectually delayed at all. She's incredibly brilliant, but there is a difference between the two. So I think cognitively, I don't know if she would understand if I ask her permission. So I may not talk about the Alice and Charlie quite as much, but Frankie has given me permission to talk about the conversations we have. He's actually like he would have loved having my childhood performing all over the place because he's extremely social and he loves being the center of attention and he loves like he wants to have a YouTube channel talking about Legos and stuff. So, um, you know, he's he's fine with all this. But I was talking to him about um, this and he he asked me out of the blue, like he just said, Mom, what kind of parent do you want to be? He's very, you know, he's a very sensitive and just, I don't know, he's an old soul. And I said, I didn't have to even think about it because I already know. And I said, um, I want to be the kind of parent that you can always talk to about anything, no matter what it is and no matter how old you are. And he got a little emotional um, he said, was that what granny was for you? And I got emotional too, because my mom passed away last year. And, um, I said, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. He said, was she, does she make you sad sometimes? He's so, he's so like, intuitive, you know? And I said, well, there was, there were some things that we couldn't talk about. Yeah. But I want to make sure Frankie, that even if something is difficult, that we always talk about it. And, you know, this is the stuff that I feel like is so important that we talk about on, in the podcast and in, in the, in the community as well. Because you know why Frankie originally went to the psychologist? Why he went to get evaluated? He stopped speaking. 
entirely. Like for weeks. And it was a bit late for the whole, you know, the typical autism speech regression thing. And no, he just stopped speaking. And it terrified me because I thought what happened to my child. So the fact that he is so open with his speech now that he talks to me and he's so, um, you know, that was what we call in psychology, like selective mutism. He doesn't have that as much anymore. Now he does still, when he gets, his anxiety gets high, he, he does clam up. But, um, the fact that he talks so easily to me and we are so close means so much to me. And, um, you know, that that's makes me feel like I'm on the right track. And I would not, I would not be on the right track if I hadn't had that guide in that psychologist back in Washington where we used to live. So I had to pay a lot of money for that psychologist. So you're all getting this for free. So, you know, um, I'm just passing everything along and, um, but I want to do that. And I'm just want to leave on a, a, a note with another little Frankie story about what a great kid he is. Um, again, he, um, we were out by uh, this slide outside. We have a little, little, I live in Connecticut, which is why my throat is a little hoarse because we have deciduous trees here and I have a lot of allergies. So, but, uh, we were out by the slides and in our yard and he asked me, did you have a slide, a playground when you were a kid, mom? I said, yeah, I did. He said, did you play on it all the time? I said, actually, yeah, I did. He said, did you play on it with all your friends? And I kind of clammed up a little bit myself. And I said, um, you know, Frankie, I didn't really have a lot of friends. I mostly just played by myself. And he looked at me and he said, were you happy? And I, again, was just sort of froze up. I wasn't really sure what to say because... I had a really weird childhood and I, um, I just didn't, I, I just kind of looked at him for a minute. I just couldn't answer. And and then he just stared at me and he's, he has these big green eyes that just kind of take over your whole face, you know, his whole face. And then he said, were you sad? And, Because, you know, I'm studying psychology in grad school myself right now. And it's like, so my head immediately went to, oh, my God, I'm doing something wrong. I'm projecting everything. It's like, no, why is he asking me this? Like, everything is is wrong. He's 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 sad. You know, that's why he's asking me this. Like, something's wrong and I'm doing everything wrong and something's I got it. I got to fix it. So I immediately asked, why would you ask me that, Frankie? Why would you ask me that? And he just looked at me and he said, I want to know about your emotions. 
And you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I don't think anyone in my life ever has ever said that to me. He's an amazing kid. He's genuine and he really does care. He doesn't just care about me. He cares about everyone. So this whole myth out there about autistics not being empathetic, that needs to die. That just needs to go somewhere and die because all of my children are incredibly empathetic. Sometimes they do miss things. That doesn't mean they're not empathetic. It just means that the processing needs a little more time. And um, it just looks a little different, that's all. Because, oh my God, I want to know about your emotions. Can you imagine? I mean, he's seven years old. He's seven years old and he asked me if I'm happy, if I was happy or if I was sad when I was his age. And he wanted to know about my emotions. Oh, and so I'm telling you that story because that's the kind of stuff that lets me know that no matter how much I doubt myself, I know I'm doing okay as a parent. And I want you to know that as long as you love your kids, as long as you're trying, and as long as you're, you know, seeking out information, as long as you love your kids and you're doing everything you can. I know you're probably going to doubt yourself. I know you're going to have those moments too. I promise you, you're doing a good job. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So when we come back next time, I'm going to tell you some fun stories about my kids and how we deal with a lot of different things um, to adapt to all of their different needs. So thank you for joining me on this journey. And I hope that we will spend a lot of time together. For now, I'm smiling. You just can't see it. I'm Amy Krewalt. I'll see you next time.